We are recording. This is Geek 4, a podcast about fans, fandom, and fan culture. I'm Dr. Michael Boyce. Everyone likes something, but what are you a geek for? I'm talking today to a former co-worker, someone I miss working with every day, and it's a delight to see him. Matt Shots, welcome to the program to talk about basketball and specifically your love of the Toronto Raptors. Well, thank you very much for ha- having me, and it's so joyful to know that you miss me that much. <laughs> every day, and <laughs> even more so when there's no one else at work. I mean, you don't work with me anymore, but now there's no one, and I'm like, who would I like to talk to? Matt does pop up pretty high in the list, honestly. Wonderful. Yeah. So you are this diehard basketball fan. Um, and I want to know, growing up as a Canadian kid, basketball is not the first sport people think of and, and associate with. How did you how did you fall in love with basketball? Yeah, and it's it's kind of strange because it's not something that I really grew up with. I grew up as a hockey fan. I grew up as a baseball fan. Those were the sports that I played. Uh, but growing up, school wasn't always the safest place for me. I, I didn't really have a spot within it. But I found that I had a talent at basketball, at least reasonably compared to my peers. So on the playground, I was picked first. In gym class, I was picked first. And it just kind of grew from there that... Uh, It became something that I enjoyed doing for the kind of social acceptance of it. Uh, And then as time passed, it just became more and more until the obsession that we now have today. I'm assuming you were a tall kid. I was relatively tall. Yes. I I believe when I was 13, I grew about six inches in one winter. And uh, yeah, it was unpleasant pains but yeah I, I was I was always the tallest yeah well and and basketball is that weird thing in especially in, in school like the tall kid gets the the, the priority and exactly know, yeah I mean there's skill that is required but <laughs> so what when when does the next step come you're you're playing because you're you're picked first and you're enjoying it you're liking the social atmosphere like where are you then kind of looking at NBA games or college games or when do you start that side? Yeah, so it it kind of came in stages. It started with the Toronto Raptors coming in and they've been a team now for 25 years. So as a kid, you just know that Toronto is getting this NBA team. I was born in Toronto, grew up in Southern Ontario. So I was nearby when I was uh, for my 12th birthday my dad got us tickets to a toronto raptors new york knicks game so patrick ewing was there so it was just this slow evolution vince carter became the big deal of winning the dunk contest um but probably where it it actually took the next step for me was when i went to university and i realized i got to interact with people from far broader backgrounds and with far more interests in different areas um, and so it wasn't just everybody around me was a hockey fan mm. it was suddenly I had football fans around me I had basketball fans I had um, time in my evening since I was living in residence and at a rural school with very little happening that I could just go to a common area and throw on a game and talk to people about it. So that was where it really took kind of more of a deeper interest for me. Um, mm. And, uh, but the, the, yeah. And then I, I don't know when it really became an obsession. Probably uh, I, I rem- I've been married now for almost 11 years and mm-hmm. shortly before my wife and I got married, I remember shamefully admitting to my wife that I had started a Twitter account and 
it, it seemed like this big shameful secret of just like, oh man, people just share random thoughts. And I found this community of basketball fans that I could share ideas with and I could learn more about the game. Um, and it just, it became this real, yeah, this community that I, I was missing and that I could really dive into in a different way. Mm. Mm. Having taught at that rural school, uh, I know there's not a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I grew up in Southern Ontario as well. And um, I'm, you know, older than you. I was in university when the when when the Raptors finally arrived, but I was a huge basketball fan in high school, like kind of the tail end of kind of Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, the beginning of Michael Jordan. That was really fascinating. And there was literally nowhere to experience it live unless you mm -hmm. drove to Detroit, which we did once. Uh, to see a to see a Pistons Pistons versus the Atlanta Hawks, it was a Ooh. a good game. Um, but you know, by the time the Raptors came in, I was kind of occupied and 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 didn't really get involved. But man, I was back in Toronto during the lead up to the Raptors win. Holy cow! Like the yeah. city just. I mean, I hadn't seen anything like it since the Jays won the World Series. Like when when that that the whole city was getting behind it and everyone was wearing Raptors shirts. And, and there's something really um, intoxicating about that bandwagon um, syndrome that, that people get, you know, some fans hate it, but it was amazing to see. Yeah. It's, it, that was a fantastic time in 2019 on the, on the championship run. So many wild moments, the only buzzer uh, game seven buzzer beater in NBA history. It was just this, this, energetic pulsing moment and i think what really has transformed the raptors in a lot of ways is that they have such an international base as well toronto is such a multicultural city and for so many years it was the leafs and it was um not the argos but it, it was the jays it, it was never been the argos no it was the argos once that it was yes once uh, <laughs> it was these other teams that don't really have as much of an international following as basketball. And so you have this international flavor and this incredibly diverse energy with people coming together to support one thing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. What have you noticed? Um, like when you're watching a game, what are you watching for? Sometimes I try and just shut off and just enjoy the game and, and, and take it in as a fan because that's what I, I primarily am. Like I, I do write about the team. I haven't for a while, but I, mm -hmm. I write for a site called Raptors Republic. Um, but other times I, I'm trying to watch you know, lineups that work. I, I try and focus in on specific players. There, there's a few that I, I particularly like watching because um, whether they have the ball or whether they, they don't, there's mm -hmm. always something kind of interesting that they're doing to make something work so mm. people who shine in uncommon ways it's very easy to notice the person who scores 30 points 45 mm -hmm. points whatever it is and has the big explosive night and this comes uh on the 15th anniversary of kobe putting up 81 points against the raptors <laughs> um but it's it's tougher to notice those wow that person really had a beautiful closeout on the three point shot mm -hmm. that they stayed in front while still challenging and prevented a drive. So I, I it's it's also one of the great things about 
my my Twitter community is that I can learn while watching a game. I can mm. see what other people are seeing and and try and try and really develop my understanding. Mm. It's it's a it's a complicated game. Uh, it really is. Um, and and to appreciate the the moving pieces, all the moving pieces. I think in in fan communities, uh, probably unfortunately basketball has become kind of a star league thing where we, we focus on the one, the one person, but you're right. Like the, the team, one person can't win a championship. I don't think <laughs> they can yeah, do to, well to a certain extent. Yeah. They, <laughs> they, they can do well. I, I They can do well. Yeah. But they can't um, do it all. Yeah. And, and that's one of the interesting things about basketball to me is that um, you do kind of need that star player. Like uh-huh. it's very, very, very rare that a team can, find a high level of a success without having one of the five best players in the world. That's just kind of a, a core thing. But if that third best player in the world doesn't have the right mix of skills and, and talent and personalities around him, um, it's almost destined to fail. And, and I think that's another thing that I really enjoy about basketball compared to, you know, my background in hockey, every hockey player, or 95% of them sound the exact same. They, they have the exact same sound bites. They say the exact same things. It's, it's all this kind of bogus bravado. And then in basketball, and, and part of it is that you can actually see their faces. You can see who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a personality that shines through and you get to know the individual people. And, and I find that so fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a small enough a team game that the personalities really do emerge. Yeah. Um, and that's actually in an odd way, it's kind of the 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 thing that holds me back from like re-entering fandom. It's like I have to relearn everybody now. <laughs> like it's 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 a it's a different it's a different um, it's a different generation, different players. Um, and the, the people I knew are, are well long retired. Uh, so learning all those new people is kind of like, oh, that's a lot of work. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that's one of the easier things about getting more heavily involved in basketball compared to something like hockey or football. Football teams have 60 player rosters. Oh, yeah. Hockey teams have 35, mm-hmm. 40 player rosters. And you multiply that by 30 and it just becomes astronomical. Whereas in the NBA, it's every team kind of plays nine to 10 people. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's more reasonable, but it's, it's still a commitment. And there's still a lot of teams. Um, oh yeah. 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 Um, how have you noticed the game change in the time that you've been a fan and watching? Yeah. Um, the big change in basketball probably over the last decade has been the rise of the three point shot. And some people talk about it ruining the game. Other people talk about it, um, you know, kind of saving it and making it exciting. But uh, most teams target specific shots now. So it used to be that there was a little bit more variety in regards to um, this team might run uh, more pick and roll. This team might run more post up. This team might run the triangle if you're Phil Jackson. So there, there was a little bit more um, maybe diversity in regards to uh, what was going on. Whereas now it's it's somewhat become a math game in a sense and and i'm not a big math person myself but most teams have hired advanced statistics and and people with backgrounds from mit or or 
very advanced schools. And it's all come down to what is the most efficient way to win a basketball game. And so if, uh, if shooting 35% from three point land from three uh-huh. is the equivalent to shooting 70% from two point range, well, why take that two point shot? Why take the less efficient shot? And so the game now more so rotates around, can we take a shot at the rim where it's the most efficient, at the free throw line where it's just like free points or from three point range. So it's about maximizing basically three zones, uh, but that brings in kind of the entertaining element of how do teams learn to stop those three zones? And so that's where kind of the next shift in basketball is starting to happen. How, how do you take away the one thing that everybody wants to do? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way, but, but you're right. Like you, you could take the two, draw the foul and maybe get three, but that's, that's dependent on whether you get fouled, whether the ref calls it, whether you can hit the, the free, or do you just take the risk and take the three? And you, I mean, the, in terms of shooters, the, the level of shooting is probably higher than it's ever been. Yes. Yeah. Like, but you know. statistically for three point shot on average, you are going to get one point yeah. for a two point shot on average, you might get 0.92. Well, that's a difference of 0.08. That might mean the game for you. So it's, it's a stupid math problem, but it's kind of fun. <laughs> math is not exciting. No. No, and, and yet seeing somebody line up a 40-foot 40 40 three-point shot with the game on the line, it's thrilling. And to see people dive at it just frantically trying to stop somebody that far away from their goal, it's, mm. it's wild. Yeah. Are we ever going to see defense again outside of the playoffs? Well, I would argue, actually, the, the 2019 Raptors, I would argue that they are among the best defensive teams ever created in basketball Um, because it used to be to be a defensive team you needed to really only stop teams at the rim because teams took so few shots away from that spot so you really only needed to focus on one area defenses now have to focus on everything teams cut more teams are lining up from every spot on the floor you have specialist shooters who are trying to shoot from 40 feet every time and so the space is just so much broader and so yeah it's it's tougher to defend now than it used to be because you have to put so much more effort and concentration into what are we stopping at any given moment at least that's my theory that makes sense that makes sense um yeah, I just like I remember the early, early days of me liking basketball, kind of the tail end of the Pistons bad boys, where like you're just <laughs> never gonna see that. And probably shouldn't. Like, I mean, it no. was such a physical game, but but it, it felt like kind of the game moved away from that. But it's interesting that the way you're describing it, that the defense has had to adapt to the way people are shooting. The the best defensive squads last year actually broke the math in that they were allowing a higher percentage of shots from the more efficient areas. So they were giving up the shots that other teams were wanting. And yet they were doing, they were still succeeding defensively because they were forcing teams to take those shots well defended. And so it's, it's, yeah, I I would argue that defense still exists. It just looks a lot different. looks different. Yeah. 
not, not the, so much the smacking in the mouth. Thing. <laughs> um, so you start writing for Raptor Republic. Like, how does that come about? How does that change how you're watching the games? All right. So I uh, probably it was I've probably been writing for basketball about basketball for about eight years. Um, and it started coming out of just, you know, commenting on random basketball forums and, and talking with other fans. Um, and at that time, I was kind of trying to do this thing that if there was something that scared me um, for an unreasonable reason, that I was wanting to try it. And I, I've never dealt with criticism well. And so the idea of me putting something out there, an idea of my own about something that I care about and about sports <laughs> and about sports people are a little bit insane about that yeah um made me nervous and yet i wanted to work on that part of me that was worried about what would people think and so i saw a site called hoops habit was uh was hiring writers i decided to throw my name into the ring and they uh throw just by writing a sample piece um and they picked me up so i wrote for them for a couple of years uh and are you familiar with Bruno Caboclo? I do not know that name. Okay, perfect. That's great. So <laughs> most years in the NBA draft, which is even a nerdier part of NBA fandom, most years you have a rough idea of who's going to be picked, at least in the first round. Okay. And so you have these analysts and they will write profiles about a hundred different players, even though only 60 will be picked just so that they're prepared. And in 2014, I believe, I might be getting my year wrong, but anyways, in, somewhere around there, the Raptors are picking 20th in the, in the NBA draft. So 20th overall. And out of nowhere, they pick a guy called Bruno Caboclo. Even the professional analysts who are hosting the draft <laughs> know almost nothing about this guy. And there is approximately two video clips of him existing anywhere. Wow. And the Raptors had picked this guy out of Brazil. He was 6'10", but he had a 7'8 wingspan. Wow. Um, was just this physical freak who had started playing basketball when he was around 16 years old. So they saw this raw tools and thought that they could develop him into something kind of special. And... What had happened was I put out a random tweet about this player named Bruno Caboclo. Mm -hmm. And I had somebody slide into my DMs on Twitter. And it turned out that this guy was Bruno's agent in Brazil. And so he saw that I was tweeting about Bruno, that I had writer credentials, even though there was nothing special. I didn't actually write for a team or anything. And he told me that if I ever wanted anything to let him know. So I just threw it out there. Hey, could I send you some questions and you could ask them to Bruno. Bruno didn't really speak English at the time. So I emailed questions, Bruno and his agent answered me back. And I was basically the first person to have a profile about Bruno. Wow. And from there, Raptors Republic kind of took notice of my writing and picked me up. Um, and so it all became, I, I got more involved in it and more recognized because of this guy. Nobody knew anything about. That's awesome. That is such yeah. an amazing so story. I, I owe something to Twitter and Bruno who, uh, 
who most Raptors fans either love or hate. <laughs> that is spectacular. That is an amazing story. Um, do you have time for some fast four? Yeah, let's do it. I have some questions for you. All right. These are a quick answer. I've tailored them to you and some of your interests, things that I know that we share. Is there something that you are a huge fan of that might surprise people? Ooh, that might surprise people. Uh, I grew up as a huge fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So while I don't, I don't watch much anymore, I still have all the old, uh, old movies. I have action figures. I have about a two foot tall uh, rock steady that a friend of mine gave me for my 24th birthday, I think. So uh, yeah, huge fan of Ninja Turtles and I, I will go watch any movie that they make. That is amazing current tv show that you are geeking out for yesterday i started lupin lupin okay yeah have you heard of it no no so it's netflix it is a, a french tv show um but they've dubbed over english and it is about a gentlemanly uh burglar okay. in france and it starts with a robbery in the louvre and the concept is that while he's committing these crimes He's also trying to um, find out who set his father up for a, uh, a crime that he didn't commit when he was younger. All right. All right. All right. I will have to start watching this. We can tweet back and forth and maybe somebody on that show will like one of our tweets <laughs> like uh, Amy from, from yes. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes, that was a good day. That was a great day. <laughs> She's liked a few of my tweets and it's been a while. So I, I really <laughs> Really need to get her back on the team. Is there an NBA game you wish you were there live for? Ooh, um, the one that comes immediately to mind, or actually two that comes immediately to mind. One, um, the conference semifinals when Kawhi hit his four bounce shot to knock out the Philadelphia 76ers. That will be an all-time NBA moment, and I would love to have been there just to to feel that energy and the second one was actually last year at disney world so almost nobody was at this game and it was game three against uh the boston celtics in round two and uh the raptors were down two with 0.5 seconds left and they inbounded the ball across the court to og ananobi my favorite player and with 0.5 seconds left, he drains a three-point shot to win the game. And he walks off like it's nothing. Just the, <laughs> the most cool thing that anybody can do. It was amazing. Yeah. That's, that's a spectacular. Yeah. I, I, I would have loved to have been at the three-point contest where Larry Bird didn't take his jacket off for the same oh. reason. Just that, like, whatever. Like, yeah. And do, do you know the story of before uh the game or before the, that the the who's walked, coming in second yeah he walked <laughs> into the locker room and asked everybody uh which one of you is coming in second and then just walked out like just what a nasty head case he was yep no, larry bird might be my favorite player of all time just for that <laughs> like because he had that edge just brilliant if you could compose the best starting lineup of any basketball team what five players are you taking best to win or my personal favorite either you pick okay um Shaq in his prime would be my center uh, uh -huh. just a physical freak who could get up and down the court um and 
nobody could physically match up with him. Uh, I would pick Duncan as my power forward. He's uh, he's one of the best big men of all time. Uh Um, His mid-range game would still open things up for Shaq, plus defender and passer. Uh Um, For point guard, I I know it's biased and he's not actually the greatest, but Kyle Lowry. I I just, I love him personally. Uh Um, He's meant so much to me as a basketball fan. Oh, and then Ooh, shooting guard and small forward. Uh, Jordan would definitely be in there. He'd be my shooting guard. Um, And for small forward, I probably need a little bit more offense. I'd throw Larry Bird in there before his back problems. Um, because he and and Jordan would be psychotic and and mentally breaking people. They would harm people emotionally. I love it. Where can people find you on social media if they're looking to follow you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. It's M underscore Shantz, S-H-A-N-T-Z. Uh, and then once I, if I ever do write again, you can uh, read my stuff at Raptors Republic. But even if it's not me, our team is just loaded with talented and smart people, um, whether it's podcasts, videos, or writers. Uh, definitely check it out if you're a basketball fan. Yeah, I was reading it this morning. It was really good. Um, so I'll link to those in the show notes. Matt, so good to talk to you. Thank you so much. I've missed our chats. Yes, me too. Uh, Maybe when the pandemic is over, we can have lunch together. Oh, I'd like that. I'll pop over for chicken fingers. Thank you for joining me on Geek 4. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Geek4Pod or me on Twitter at MWBoyce. If you listen on Apple Podcast, click the subscribe button and consider leaving a five-star review. Be sure to join us next time when we learn what someone else is a geek for.